How do you know when you should raise your prices? Well, it's the beginning of the year, and that is the subject on today's podcast. Let's do it. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Uh, it is a hat day today. I think Doug and I are both properly equipped with our High Performance Salon Academy hat gear. Uh, so, Anyway, welcome to the show. I just want to make sure if you were listening online only, you knew our hat game today was strong. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, with me as always, Doug Campbell. What's up, Doug? Good to have you on today. How's it going? Great to be here. Dude, I'm excited about this. This topic, you know, I keep seeing it pop up in our Profitable Salon Owner Facebook group. By the way, if you're not in our free Profitable Salon Owner Facebook group, comment Profit and we'll send you the link to get access to that. Because um, I think it's, it's an amazing group to ask questions, get answers, and meet a community of people uh, that are highly ambitious, dedicated group of salon owners that are looking to make more profit and grow a powerful team. Um, this subject came up, Doug, and, I, and I, it's not an easy thing to answer. And that's why I wanted to put it on a podcast is that it can be very complicated. Is, you know, it's, it's just after the beginning of the year, like we're in the first month of the year, and a lot of people have raised prices. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of things in my life go up in price. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that gas price have gone up, coffee's gone up, you know, ice cream has gone up, like lots of things have gone up in price, your groceries have maybe gone up. And you know, there's some rumblings of like, you know, levels of inflation that are getting larger than others. And let's not get all political on that. But I do want to talk about how does a salon know when they should raise their prices? Because I think a lot of salons have maybe waited a while or they, they haven't raised prices in years and then they have a little bit of a price increase. And this is the number one question I get. I want to squash this one early and right up front is I want to talk about this one is that a lot of salons ask this question and I want you guys all to hear this on the podcast once and for all. How do I notify my clients of our price increase? And Doug, you and I are on the exact same page with this is um what magical can we send them our email template for how they should notify their guests or you know give them the text script that they can send out because uh how are they supposed to say that again yeah <laughs> i mean the idea there's no reason to broadcast it, it's part of the psychological game that's in this industry um yeah, yeah. There, there, it's like to report starbucks doesn't you know notify you when they up their prices target nope. does not notify nope. you when they up their prices so I think nope. you just got to look at, you've got to go in, you've got to understand why you're doing it. And I mean, I, I think it's good to have your staff understand in case they get questioned about something. It's good for them to say, instead of, I have no idea. I mean, uh, we have just them, did. right. Have them have an intelligent answer that they can articulate uh, to their guest. So, but what I say is that first of all, I think you need to get back to what, how you set your prices to begin with. Cause I think a well, lot let me, of I people, just want to make sure we put a button on this. Okay. You just want to make sure I'm clear. You do not tell your clients that you yes. raised your price. And I just want to make sure let's let's finish that because I want right. to get to the next There's topic. No too. They, they will find out when they come in and they understand <laughs> that such is yeah. life. Prices change and you do not have to be notified. I mean, the only right. time that we do any form of that is when somebody jumps a level. 
uh, and that, that's as a more celebratory, done, as a as celebration, a, as a congratu- congratulations. They 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 achieved the next level. Uh, due to that, some of their you may know some difference in their pricing. Please take a chance to congratulate them. Blah blah blah. That's the right, only only. only if you're changing price across the board, first of the year, you're changing price. You raised them by 10%, 20%, 30%, whatever the reason is. And maybe it was because of inflation. Maybe it's because your rent went up. Maybe it, was, it could be a lot of factors that you raised your prices. And we'll talk about how to price appropriately in just a second. But I want to be really clear. I was joking about it being sarcastic. I still want my sarcasm come across as like, yes, Jason, send me the template. Send me the script. Because there is no template. There is no script. In fact, like you said, Doug, the only thing to do is make sure that your staff, particularly your support staff at the front desk, knows what to say if somebody says, hey, why did my price go up, right? And yeah. you might be surprised that people don't ask, don't even flinch. And I, this happens to me all the time. Doug, I don't know about you, but like I go into places and I see the price going up. And I don't I don't even say anything about it. And it doesn't bother me whatsoever because I'm like, oh yeah. Like I, have, I even, uh, my chiropractor just raised his prices. I walked in the door, got my adjustment and it was a different amount. And I, I literally high-fived him. I said, great job on raising your prices. And it's just like, I know that his cost of going business, of doing business has gone up. I know that that's the case. And I'm surprised I haven't seen a price increase out of him in the last 10 years that I've known him. Yeah, so it's one of those things, yeah, it's it's the, that your cost of doing business has gone up, but also there's the law of slot, uh, supply and demand. So sure. if, if, your, if your time is slammed, your schedule's slammed, then you know, for your salon, then yes, it's time to raise your prices, period, right. because your pricing is not in balance with the time that you have available. Um, right. Same thing like, like with level systems, people ask about, you know, how high should I go with my level system? Well, there's definitely a stopping point on the percent of commission that you can pay, but you can in infinity keep going where your prices would jump up this level, your price would jump up at this level because mm-hmm. that's the law of supply and demand. As their right. books get pressure right. on them, then it's time to up their prices again to reduce some of that pressure and increase the income. Uh, I think it, yeah. it, some of this goes back to, I think people need to stop and take a minute and figure out where they came up with their prices in the first place. Cause I, I, yeah. I think a lot of people in this industry uh, just kind of arbitrarily said, Hey, what are other people charging? What feels right? You know, they, they get in their head about, you know, what were my customers? What, what did pay? I charge before my last right. Salon. right, Which has, I mean, to be blunt, I guess uh, it, it has nothing to do with running your business. It's like, none of that matters. And so what I mean by that is what matters. You went into business to make a profit. The profit is the reward for the risk that you took to go into business. So when figuring your prices, you have to take that into effect uh, or into account. If you got, what do I, what are my fixed costs? What are my variable costs going to be? And then what do I need to charge so that the company can make the profit it deserves to make? I can compensate my staff the way they deserve to be compensated to attract the best talent in town. And then what kind of service do I need to do to justify that to my clients? Right. That's a win all the way around, but you've got to sit down and say, like we have the, the Genesis budget. Uh, uh, yeah, inside our Academy, we've got this whole program just right. specifically so, on how do you, you calculate plug, your prices? Right. You could plug in there and then it would tell you, it's like, Ooh, well, what I'm doing right now, that's, that's, that's going to work out to a break even or 1% profit, which I hate to say, you know, that's where a lot of salons are because they didn't think it through. They, they look at just cash flow. There's a big difference in cash flow and profit. You can have, you know, I've got a $3 million salon. I, I hate that about our industry. We, we, 
we we look at <laughs> the, the salons fakery, the uh, on, the flashy the flashy fakery that exists in the right. salon well, it's, spa it's, industry. It's done on volume, right? It's like it's mm -hmm. like so you're three million dollar salon and you're making a half percent profit. I would be much more impressed if you were a million dollar salon and you were making twenty percent profit. It's like, but I mean, that, but that's and you know, not. I don't need to beat up on people. I'm just trying to say, no, but, but just just you're painting a reality that exists in this industry. You know, we think about why you went into business, and a lot of times it was a very talented stylist that, that has a lot of a lot of things to give to this industry. But you got to make sure that you're taking care of your business for your business to survive and thrive. You're going right. to be a much happier owner whenever there's actual profit coming out of your business and and coming out to reward you for your risk. You're going to be a better you're going to be a better boss. You're going to be a, a better all the way around better because you're going to yeah. be good about what you're doing and have yeah. instead of being it's, it, the bitter pill jumps in. You you know how long I went, how much money I put into this. Not very five minutes. Right, and I didn't. Make, I have. I still haven't made a dollar. Ten years later. Right, and so oh, you want to buy into this company? Well, you're going to suffer first. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> so so listen. So we need to change I, that. Yeah, and I just want to say this, and then we got to take a short break here, is that I think you said something really smart, Doug, as you often do. Uh, you said something really smart. You said businesses should start to make a profit. Uh, and the way you said it was, you said, I think salon owners go into it this to make a profit. I don't actually think that most salon owners go into this to make a profit. I think they go into this to make a difference. They want to change what happened mm -hmm. and they want to, and they want to, um, you know, they want to have a better environment than their last salon. They want to have a better place to work than their last salon. They want to have a different experience for guests than the crappy places where they don't always leave a bad place to go to a good place. Sometimes they're like, that was okay, but I have a different flavor. And I think what ends up happening is they go into business to just to, about the experience and they forget about what most businesses do, which is they say, in order for us to continue to function and operate, we need to turn a profit. So therefore, let's start with the profit and build our business backwards. I think in the salon, spa, uh, barber, and uh, you know most beauty businesses, they start out thinking about the experience, not about the profit. And so what ends up happening is, is the profit becomes second fiddle. And we gotta take a break. So when we come back, and by the way, I hope this is helpful. If this is helpful, do me a favor and comment profit. If you're getting this, this is making sense to you. Um, and I'd love to know, by the way, if you're listening, I wanna know where you're from. Uh, around the country, around the world. Can you do me a favor and type that into the chat as well as we go to the short break? Because when we come back, we want to talk more about how do you price? What are some pricing triggers? When should you change your price? What's the best way to do it? Obviously, you shouldn't message everybody and say you're changing them. But let's talk about that all when we come back right after the short break. We'll be right back. Hey, HPSA listeners. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time. So you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. Just saying. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. We're talking about pricing, specifically when you should raise prices. How do you know if your prices are set accordingly? What are some of the pricing triggers? And just before the break, uh, Doug was chatting about, you know, the reason to go into business. And I like, like I said, this Doug, the reason to go into business is to make a profit and profit is reward for the risk that you took to own your business. And so if your business is not making a profit or the profit is an unknown, it's going to create some challenges. 
most people go about setting prices, which I, I agree with you should do the exercise of looking what do salons charge within a 10 mile radius of you but i'll tell you the mistake i've made in the past doug this one kicked my butt in multiple businesses is that i would look for who charges the most i would look for who charges the least and then i would try and charge in the middle that's what i would do i i would be the i'd be the lukewarm and that's gross don't do that don't be the lukewarm okay and i've done that for other businesses it was like i know the high end is here i know the like low end is here as long as i hit in the middle we should be okay I don't necessarily think that's the way to price it, but it's a good thing, to, at least now. I think it's a good way to know what the pricing threshold is in your marketplace, because you potentially could carve out a whole new pricing structure if you did things differently. And again, if you are operating in some like gorgeous mansion building downtown, you're gonna have different expenses than if you're operating in a strip mall versus if you're operating in the actual mall or you're operating in a giant building somewhere. So like you said, Doug, we need to start looking as an industry at what are our expenses? And we do this in our Genesis budget inside our academy with all of our clients. We take them through it. And we show them exactly how to set their prices to make sure they're making money is we have them go through their budget look at what they need to be charging in order to be profitable and attract the right talent and turn a profit and then set their prices. But Doug, there's probably some other pricing triggers, right? Like how do I know I'm a barbershop owner and I, and I, I want to know, is it time for me to raise prices? What would be some indicators that are happening in my business that are signs it's time for me to raise my prices? So the, the two things there, and again, it's a use for my favorite tool in the world, which is the Genesis budget. Yeah. Uh, but because what you do is, like, so if my fixed cost and my uh, variables start to go up, and I can look at there and say, well, now it's eating into the profit margin that I would prefer right. to make. And so I say that, so that to me is a trigger. I need to up the prices. The other trigger is that there's too much time. There's We don't have enough time on our book. We're, t we're telling people no. Uh, yeah, we're you, turning people get, away constantly. Can I get in this week? No, you cannot get in this week. So I, that's one of the other ones. So you, you look at those, those market pressures and that's where you keep your price. Always remembering to keep your profit in mind. I love it when people come into the academy and they're kind of foggy on the whole profit thing. And to your point, they came in mission, great, great intention, great, want to do yeah. things, run a, a, a great little business other than it's not profitable or barely profitable. And whenever they get it, when they finally start saying, oh, it's like, it, it's funny, their energy for their business goes way up. They're crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Their creativity for their business goes way up. I mean, it's mm -hmm. the antidote to the bitter pill that you run right. into when you go to you know, industry shows and people talk long enough and they're going to start, oh, you know, the, the, the ones that are, are doing great, changing the industry and making yeah. money doing it. That's a whole nother ball game. But you've got to understand what that is. So anytime you're messing with your prices, just don't arbitrarily say, hey, I think we just go up for a reason. No, why? Yeah, it's not just and, and again, it. You could change your price at the first of the year. In fact, I think it's a great time to have very little uh, care in the world for people raising your prices. It's very normal to see price increase on the first of the year. That's probably the most common time that most people raise their prices, and that would be a good thing to do. But you should, and again, Doug, you were saying this. Some people just say, raise your price, raise your price, raise your prices. Right. We don't say raise your price, raise your prices. We say raise your prices when it's right to raise your prices. Did you have an increase in expenses? Did your rent go up? Did you Are you starting to have a harder time finding staff? Because, you know, I, I hear this one a lot, Doug, and this is, I think, a backwards thought, is that people say, well, we're short-staffed and we're, we're turning people away. Well, that still may be a reason for you to raise your prices because what right. might be happening is if you raised your prices, that may attract more staff to you because you're at an elevated price point. They're making more money. And by the way, this doesn't mean paying higher commission. 
Can I be clear on that? This doesn't mean paying higher commission. I just mean if you raise your prices, that commission payout is a lot more because now you are higher in or higher tier salon. And so as a salon owner, you got to ask yourself, what are those triggers? It could be at the first of the year. It could be like, and this happened when we hit the pandemic, right? Like when this happened and the salons reopened, that was our advice. We said, it's time to raise your prices. You've incurred more expense. You had to be closed for a certain amount of time. Nobody is going to care. They're just excited to come back to you when you reopen the doors. So for some places, like I know in Canada, they're back on a level of lockdown again, right? And so I just want to acknowledge that like, if you're closed and you reopen, you can reopen with higher prices. That would be an okay time to do it. Another trigger, like we mentioned, is uh, having, you know, having to turn people away. Uh, a good trigger on that, by the way, is if about 80% of your available schedule is full, like meaning whether you have five staff or 500 staff, doesn't matter. If 80% of your available schedule is full, it for sure is time to hire if you have the capacity, but it's also time for you to potentially have a price bump across the board inside your salon. Doug, can you think of other times, uh, that, and again, that I'm not mentioning that are good triggers for well, a I, price I think increase? One of the things there that people kind of miss too is like when you get to 80%, people say, well, I need to start looking for another location, not growing my location. It's like, mm. let's work with the prices first a little bit and let's yeah, see where we, can, where we can get there. And then maybe it still makes sense to go to your next location. But let's, yeah. let's make sure we look at the price. Like, I just want people to understand the why they're doing it. And the thing about it is if you're paying attention to it, then when you do price increases, they don't have to be big jumps. Uh, now, yeah. the, when you come in, you say, well, look, you know, I'm, I'm at 2% profit and I'm not super happy about that. It's like, so we can start working our way towards what's going yeah. to make you profit. But just that awareness of understanding what that is, doing things for a reason, because the staff's going to be happier. You're going to be happier. And I think those are, the, and, and the thing about it is always, you know, it's one of the things get people, I had somebody on a call the other day say, you know, what's the verbiage that I can give to my younger staff to get them to charge the prices that they're supposed to be charging. They're just not charging correctly. Mm -hmm. I said, I give you all the verbiage in the world, but it's not going to work because you're treating the wrong problem. Yeah, so the, yeah. The, the root problem of that situation is that the person doesn't believe that they're worth it. Right. So it's the same thing that happens in salons with salon owners to the same degree. They don't necessarily believe that they're worth it. Uh, so that you got to get that part right, that, that you are an amazing person. You do an amazing job. You fill an amazing role in a society uh, mm -hmm. and that you should be compensated well. And, and on the other side, you should make sure that you're giving that service. So that's one of those things that builds on the other. It's like whenever you feel like I'm charging the price, but now also because I'm charging this, I've got, I need to deliver a premium service. I need to deliver a premium experience. So then you start doing that and people like still see you as a value, even though you're charging more money, you always yeah. want to be delivering at a higher level than what you're charging. Then you're never overpriced no matter what your price is. Uh, Super good point. Super good point is make sure that if you can, and again, this is, this is a good point. We haven't talked about this yet is we've just talked about when do you raise prices? What do you do? Maybe without necessarily adding any more value. And there, there are times to raise your prices like that for sure. But I love what you said, Doug, is can you focus on how can we continue to add value? And we just did a whole, a whole pricing on this on something called prime pricing. We did training on it uh, back a couple weeks ago uh, around some really clever ways you can charge different tiers of pricing inside the salon. It's an awesome training for our Academy members. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. Um, but what I, what I think is really helpful about this, Doug, is you can increase your price when you figure out how to add more value. You know, if you can add more value to the service and, and more value might be being available 
uh, being open more hours as a salon. Maybe you weren't open. Like I've had heard some salons that like closed on the weekends because they couldn't find staff. Well, opening back up on weekends, that's adding more value. Opening, widening your hours in the evening is adding more value. Having more staff available throughout the day is adding more value. Bringing in better educated stylists or people who can do bigger services or people, you know, having more availability. Those are places you can add more value, right? or even just even simple things like I was talking about this doing more events at the salon and actually providing um providing training classes to people like I know it sounds silly but like you know teaching people how to do their hair or how to style like doing styling classes for people in evenings at the salon that would be a more value sort of scenario right if you're like hey we'll show you three ways to style your hair tonight and we're doing a, a private event with champagne and whatever it's like you might not be thinking about those type of things as a salon owner. You might just be going, hey man, people just come in and get their hair cut, they get it uh, blown out, they get it colored and they're off to the races. But there are salons that charge premiums by continuing to give other premium services, by adding other enhancements to what they offer as a salon, right? Maybe it's having a boutique area, maybe it's having additional services, right? So be aware that as you add those other things, you're enhancing the value of what you're offering to your guests and to your clients, and you're saving them stops and trips, and you know, you're giving them more in one stop. That allows you to add value. Yeah, I think one of the other things too that, that is sometimes missed is that whenever you, when your pricing is where it deserves to be and you're bringing a new person on, they're going to pay attention to the training a lot more because it's mm -hmm. like, look, you know, we, we, we charge the premium prices in this area and there's a reason for, for that because so the, the level of education that we do here. And if you want to play this game with us, we need to get your skill level up to here. That's a whole different thing that, Hey, just come in and hang out with me and we'll get you through this little program and da 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 Cause you know, they, they come out of school most of the time thinking that they know a lot more than they do. It's human nature until mm -hmm. you get slapped in the face with reality. Uh, <laughs> but then, so then, yeah. So I, I guess I think that helps. And look, you know, you've got an opportunity to make great money here. And it's like, you know, if, yeah. if you like with our system, if you engage with our system, with our level system, if you engage with it within three years, you could be in the, you know, 60 to $75,000 range and right. still shooting right. upwards. Um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of how you want to approach that. But I think you start to work on that mindset right there of that. We, the reason that we charge because we work hard, we prepare harder, we train harder, we do it better um, than, than anybody. And that's, that's the beauty of the free market. If every salon was competing that way, then there would be no bad haircuts uh, because everyone would be pushing themselves to be the best and, and, and then being properly rewarded for being the best. Yeah. So instead of looking for ways that you can like save money, cut costs, like I see this all the time. People are like, well, we're going to eliminate our front desk. We're going to go completely touchless. We're going to move to QR codes and scanners. And we're not going to talk about retail. We're going to get rid of that. They can just buy it on Amazon in our Amazon store. And we'll just get rid of things. And we'll, and that way we can add more value, right? They're, they're trying to like, or, or squeeze profit, right? They're trying to get more profit by eliminating things. Whereas I think Doug and I come from the other schools. How do you add things in to create more value and raise your prices accordingly? So we want you to be in an abundance mentality. Know that people are looking for custom services. I mean, I'm not trying to make people be the cheapest thing on the block and cut every cost that you can to just get a basic haircut. You know what? And I'll, I'll say this right here right now. At some point in the not too distant future, there will be robot haircut salons that you can go to and you push a button and it's going to say, you would like this haircut, we can do it for you. And it's going to do it. And that's going to be a very cheap haircut. We are not at that stage right now. And 
I think even when we are at that crazy stage in the future, that there will be people who say, I want to pay for an amazing, luxurious experience that involves people, that involves high touch, that involves these things that they will pay a premium for. And so I just want you to know that as sometimes people get the price driven down, you can drive up the price if you add in the quality, you add in the value, and you allow people to uh, seek out the levels of pricing they have based upon the people that are on your staff, based upon their experience, and based upon let them custom curate the experience that they wanna have and give them those choices. Yeah, and I think so like, even like with the front desk and people want to like totally get rid of them, it's like, is there technology and efficiencies that can start to automate some of your front desk? Yes. But so how do you leverage that to increase the experience of the client? So you bring a concierge person out that then meets them at the door, takes their coat, takes their purse and puts it back in a nice little storage area. So it's not being lugged all over the salon with them. Talk about what the specials are for the day. Get them the things. That, so the thing is, you can leverage those efficiencies, but you don't want to just say, you know, just come in and you just punch some buttons and you check in and no one talks to you. Uh, right. that there's there's ways of going about it where i mean I'm, I'm not a fan of cuts i'm a big fan of efficiencies uh, yeah, so enhancements. right look for where you can use those things but always thinking about the client experience because that's the thing that people will exchange their money for an experience all day long and that's how you win in this industry that it is and it's like a lot of people have gotten some of the experience right but they haven't got the pricing right to right, make sure right. that, that everything works i'll give you one last example then we got to run is this, is that to your point, Doug, on the, replacing the front desk person, what you might be able to do is say, hey, the front desk used to spend a lot of time sitting there one-on-one, -on -one sending out text messages and phone calls to the entire database in order to handle that. And there are software tools, your salon software should probably do this. If not, you might wanna look at another software. But you might have automated systems set up for it to automatically text, automatically do you know outbound calls, automatically do emails, reminders, and all those things that used to be a person had to sit there and do it. Now you create scale and efficiency with that person, but you've got to get that person to now up level the thing that they that they should do to your point, Doug, on like meeting them at the front. And instead of saying, you know, would you like some water? Just bringing them water, right? Like all of those things to so walk up with a cold water bottle or walk up with whatever it is that they're going to give them and create that intimacy of experience because we've taken them away from something that we could replace with a robot, if you will, robot or automation tool, very simply. That's a very simple upgrade. And all of a sudden it frees up their time right? Or online booking frees up the time for them to do. But if you just say, okay, we don't need a front desk anymore. And you don't look to how you can add more value to that. That's where the miss is. That's why you're not able to raise those prices. So anyway, I, I feel like we've gone on a really good roller coaster of pricing today, right, Doug? We've talked about yeah. how to raise your prices, when to raise your prices, how to tell all of your guests to raise your price, that you're raising your prices, which by the way, you don't, if you miss that, I just want to make really clear that you don't tell your guests. You just have a reason that you can explain it and talk about it and it'll allow you to have a really good uh, reason to raise your prices and it'll help you become more profitable. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, dang, I know I'm missing profit on the table because I'm trying to cut to get there and I don't even know my profit number and you want help with your profit, do me a favor and say profit help in the chat and um, I'll message you or somebody from my team will message you and we'll get you some support because if you're not earning a profit in your business and you feel like you're running a, a large salon that is not turning the profit deserves, even if you have coaching, even if you have help somewhere else, we want to help you. We want to support you. And we want to give you the uh, the salon that you've always dreamt of. So thanks for joining us on the show today. It has been the Evo Revo Shug with Shug, the Shug. It's been the Evo Revo <laughs> Show with Doug. I was already to Doug with Doug and Jason. Thanks for being here today. You guys have a great one. Bye for now. Take care, guys.
Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by SalonScale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at EvoRevoPodcast.com.